Racing. It's green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. Yeah, a little bit of green light on podcast time. We're recording this Friday morning, something a little bit uh, different. And uh, my man Smithy stuck in Melbourne traffic. He's finally joined us here on the pod. And Smithy, what do you think about Melbourne traffic, mate? Do you love it? Oh, I absolutely love it, mate. I, I didn't <laughs> think that the uh, F1 would uh, bother my side of town, but it seems it has. But uh, that's all right. We're getting stuck into it, and there's plenty of winners to be found, Jim. There is, mate. There is. Um, one thing I just don't understand is when, when look, and I'm not bagging out Melbourne's infrastructure people, but I sort of am in a way. Um, when, when they build things, they, they build just enough lanes for for now and they don't think well hang on there's going to be more people around in 12 months 24 months 36 months uh, let, let's just pop maybe an extra three lanes in make the freeways really spacious for now just so there's no problems you know for the next 10 or 15 years but i don't know mate, maybe that's too hard to do i'm not too sure smithy but you are right mate let's not worry about uh the traffic and, and melbourne roads let's worry about the uh, the racing and we'll start by having a look at run of the week Run of the week. Well, run of the week, I, I almost broke all of the rules here, Smithy, and made Starline Express my run of the week for the Meadows, even though he won at Sandown Park on uh, Thursday night last night in that semi of the launching pad. Just before we get the run of the week from the Meadows, I'm sure you would have been all over those launching pad heats last night, or the semis in particular. Uh, the Greyhound, who happened to, uh, I think, look as good as almost his dad, Fernando Bale, which you sort of gave me a little bit of a clip for. But um, Starline Express, he is something very, very special. Yeah, look, I, I did say wash your mouth out with soap when you uh, <laughs> when you texted that to me last night. But no, I, I do have a big opinion of the dog to, to come down and um, do what he's doing, breaking that five-second barrier. I think last night he went five flat to the first peg, but as I said to you, I don't think he came out of the boxes all that well. He just mustered so quickly, and just the acceleration is there, and it's unbelievable. So I guess in that sense, uh, he's got some Fernando Bale-esque qualities, but uh, he's got a long way to go to, to reach the heights of uh, his old man. Yeah, I think he's just got he's just got the time, I suppose, uh, to be able to do it. If he can, if he can start landing some Group 1s, um, like his dad did Fernando Bale, it's just that... that awesome consistency when it comes to the run of the first section. That's what Fernando Bale had, and I think I said to you last night, Smithy, the only thing I don't like in a way is that he veers up the track, whereas Fernando Bale would jump and look for the rail. Um, but I think for, for pure speed and what he's doing, I, I think he is as quick as his dad, Fernando Bale. Now, that that in itself is, is a pretty big statement, but yeah, he's, uh, he's an excitement machine, and I, as I said on the podcast last week, I love how in a way, he rolls up the track because it makes it hard for those uh, those greyhounds behind him to pick the right run. And when you go back to uh, to look at Fernando Bale when he first started racing at Sandown Park, he was sort of going around that 29-10 mark. He did go 28-98, um, winning there back on the 7th of May 2015. But if you go through all of Fernando Bale's wins at Sandown Park, the majority is sort of around that 29-2, 29-3 mark. But it was the 495s that he would consistently run to the first peg. And I think Starline Express has that capability. But let's not continue on too much about that. Here is Wheel and Go, who I've made my run at the week from last week, quite simply because I didn't think he'd, he'd make a stayer. He's had two starts over the 700 this campaign and won them both. 
and away and wheel and go was only fair to begin he's hustling through on the inside they're going to hit the turn pretty hard and he'll drive through and lead wheel and go leads from dirt farmers only two lengths away and up there fast milkman in third who's trying to get to the rail or across of play nice and then came aston pablo and she's for real at the rear wheel and go leads away he's about six or seven six in front of dirt farmer and fast milkman a length to play nice who starts to run on clear then of she's for Real and Aston Pablo, but Whelan goes to the got a good lead here. He's five in front. Dirt Farmer's not really reeling him in yet. Clear then a fast milkman. Whelan goes all out, but he's still in front and he'll win again. Whelan goes. Wins again, he does, uh, Corey. And look, to be honest, mate, I didn't think he'd be a stayer, and, and that was that was tougher than his first up run because he didn't lead ping. He had to work through, and he's gone forty two eighty, which sort of puts him up there to be competitive in most of the the city class staying races. Yeah, I, I was in the same camp as you. I didn't think he'd be a genuine stayer, and I always have that query of the second up run mm. over the 700 where they can sometimes regress. He did not do that. He, uh, he he went forward in leaps and bounds and ran it out a lot stronger. So maybe there is a special stayer in there with wheel and go. I thought it was just a more of a uh, middle-distance dog, but uh, that's why I'm not a trainer, Jim. Yeah, and credit to Timmy Britton and Rob Britton, who are absolutely flying at the moment and uh, both very down-to-earth and very realistic when it comes to greyhound training. We did a deep dive with Rob Britton not too long ago. You can go back and search for that. Um, yeah, and, and Rob was sort of saying, you know, he's, he's had waves of dogs where he's had really good dogs in the kennel and then a really quiet time. And, look, right now they're, they're dominating those staying races in town. And, again, down the back straight they had the first four. Um, eventually Aston Pablo's worked past a few of them, but... Still, they, they had the first and second, and, and I think it was fourth and uh, fourth and fifth in that particular race. And then you look at what they've done with Trooper and Trappeteers. Um, they are absolutely flying, and, and he was enormous last night. I know I've mentioned Starline Express a lot, but that, uh, that Tears Greyhound that broke 29, absolutely unheard of. So, yeah, they're doing a, a wonderful job, uh, Team Britain. Saturday's preview. Alrighty, we'll tear through Saturday night's preview. Uh, hoping to have a chat with Graham Glass, who's the uh, the head trainer of all of the Glass Greyhounds up there at Kyabram. They've got Gucci Girl as a reserve, um, racing uh, tomorrow night potentially, um, and the other one, Ali Star. So uh, the Glass family will be good to catch up with uh, with Graham Glass if we can. Let's get through this, mate. Twelve races on the card. First at six thirty-eight. I'll be back in the callers box for this night of racing. Uh, race one, I'm really keen here on number two, Prior Bale. Never be alone is going to go straight to the front, but this Greyhound Prior Bale looks to uh, to have a little bit of maybe an Ariane Bale about it. Uh, very, very strong winner last time and, and just speed maps perfectly, I think, here. So my number's in the first two, three, eight, and six, but I'm going with Prior Bale on top. Uh, I've got Never Be Alone on top just for the fact that uh, Never Be Alone will be leading and in front of Prior Bale probably would have rather than each way price, but we're not getting that uh, at this stage. But uh, Prior Bale, hard to beat, as is tri- Chief Dribble, but Never Be Alone for me. Mm, yeah, look, race number two, uh, my numbers here were Homebrew to beat Zipping Luda. Um, both of them have been scratched already, so um, there's only, what is there, five left in the race, and I'm left with my, my old mate Starburst Candy, who got the job done last week, and I think from an inside draw, she's just a one-batting stayer. Um, she's drawn to win this, and, and it would be credit to uh, to Team Sharp if they could go back-to-back in this grade um, with this dog and pick up nearly $14,000 in, in a seven-day period because I don't think she's got immense ability, but she is just a bit of a, a one-pace sort of whack-away type of greyhound, and I think she's drawn to win again. 
I'm going to have to agree with you because I didn't actually realise that homebrew was scratched. So uh, if if scratched, uh, if homebrew's been scratched, then I'm with Starburst Candy next in line. Yep, eight and one both withdrawn, um, according to the uh, the Fast Track website. I actually did the form in a form guide, which can be a little bit of a catch now. Obviously, you've done that as well, Smithy. And, yes, I have. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, the good thing is now with Fast Track, it used to be that on the day of the race meeting when the scratchings close at 9 o'clock, you'd, you'd see the scratchings then. But if you do, punters out there, go to fasttrack.grv.org.au or download the Watchdog app and just keep an eye on the races that you're in or that you like. Um, a runner in that race, they, they have the, the live up-to-date scratchings as they come through. So hence the 8-1 the and one withdrawn there. And, yeah, it, it's completely... Look, the top five um, now completely turn around for mine there, Smithy, because, as I said, the 8-1 and one were both up there for me. Race number three, sports bet final one to six win here, Corey. I'm with uh, Nelvin Bale off the inside. I think he speed maps delete this, and from there I think he's hard to beat. Yeah, definitely hard to beat from that inside draw. I'm going a little bit more value. Same camp with Petzl Bale. Uh, its last few runs have been a lot better than I thought this greyhound could produce, and I think there's uh, there's more to be found. So Petzl Bale on top for me. Race four, themeadows.org.au, where they uh, seem to uh, to have uh, work drinks every single uh, Friday night down there at the MGRA, uh, living the dream. That's what I'm hearing. Bit of inside info. Uh, race four on with number three, uh, Kanji Tank. A little bit worried about um, the way he was finishing off the race last week, but I think he if, he, if he's going to win a race in town, this could be it. Yeah, I agree with you. I definitely think one of the uh, the winner will come out of one of the Kanji dogs. I've lent towards Tank as well, just at the prices. It's the uh, the widest one in the market, so I'm uh, following you in, Jim. Tell you what, you've gone out on a limb there, suggesting a Kanji might win it. They only make up half a field in race number four. Uh, race five, I like Nitro Bale. He's drawn beautifully off box number one. Um, I think he speed maps to lead the race, and if you go through his stats, he's won five races from box one and five races from box two. And his last five starts, he's jumped from eight, four, eight, four, and three. Um, and he still managed to go 29.43 from box four at Sandown and then second to settlement day from box three last time. I think this might even be a harder race than, than, uh, than the race last week. But I think the draw just brings him to the front and brings Nitro Bale to his best. Uh, I'm with Keep It Black here. I think we'll get a really, really nice card into the race. As he said, Nitro Bale just loves the inside. So Keep It Black should have plenty of room to move, not get too bothered by the two or the four early and uh, get a nice run into it. I was really hopeful you'd be going with Nitro Bale because I built him, built him, built him up. (laughs) And then you just said, no, I'm with Keep It Black. Uh, The Stayers over the 730, probably just take Tim Britton's trifecta, would uh, would probably be the way to go. And to be honest, that's exactly what I've done. I've tipped 7, 8, 2 and 1. I just think... Uh, play nice is probably worth forgiving um, on that run last week. Maybe a touch disappointing because we had such big expectations of him last week, but he did get squeezed out early, and every time he sort of went to make a run, I think it was uh, was it Fast Milkman in front of him, and he just he just couldn't find a way around the Fast Milkman. I'm not sure Box 7's his go, but um, yeah, I'm going to stick with him. I'm going to stick fat with Play Nice. Yeah, I'm going to stick with him as well. I'm not going to jump off. I thought uh, it was a really nice price last week. Obviously, I made him my uh, my punters punting club last week. I'm not going to do that this week, but uh, I'm sticking fat with play nice. Yeah, race seven. I like Bruce's Russ Lee at a bit of value here. There's class out wide, Ailey Bale, Valor Bale, but there's a big chance at that 600 corner start they may get caught out wide and back in trouble. And I think Bruce's Russ Lee's a, a nice staying type on the up. Uh, this is, uh, I'm a little bit disappointed that you were tipping that. I thought I'd get this one to myself, but I'm with Bruce's Rusley as mm. well. I think Tigalong Nibble or Nibble or however you want to say it will uh, 
will jump nicely and Bruce's Rosley will just get the perfect run into the race. Ailey Bale, Ailey Bale, Valor Bale, um, they're, they're obviously the class runners in the race. But as you said, they're wide and they're going to have to get a little bit of luck to get themselves into a prominent position. So I'm looking down near the inside and I had Bruce's Rosley on top. I'm trying to work out what happened to Amron Boy last week, scratch from last Saturday night. Do you know any, anything behind that? Have not heard, no, um, unfortunately, Jim. Just trying to bring up the uh, the stewards report to see uh, to see what was said about uh, Amron Boy withdrawn because he's only got the seven days between runs. So I'm not sure if it was a late scratching last week. It doesn't say anything on the stewards report, but um, generally it's a ten day stand down um, from a scratching. So I'm scratching my head about that scratching, but um, obviously there's some rule or regulation as to why he'll be going around this week. That was last week, wasn't it? Yeah, he was scratched from race eight. Um, I'm going to stick with him. Um, I, I just think champions find a way, and I think he's he's sort of on that fringe of being a champ of the sport. So Amron Boy for me. Another good race, Captain Larry, Fernando, Mick, Storm, Stroller. Plenty of uh, early pace in it. Amron Boy, I think he gets a, a bit of room to move this week, and uh, I think he can be winning this one. Race nine, Shepherd into Meadows final. Uh, Master Ogilvy for me. I think the draw brings him out. Wide runners in two and three. So I don't know if he's a genuine 500 dog, Master Ogilvy, but um, I think he's just drawn to run a very big race here. Yeah, this is a really tough one. Um, I think you could make a case for just about every runner. I always struggle with four lines coming from uh, a country track to these Meadows ones. Uh, I, I did have Master Ogilvy in the mix, but I have Black compass on top so not a strong opinion on this one uh, probably not a race that i'll bet into but uh black compass on top for yeah me. he was elite at shepherd and black compass and he's got a 30 and 15 pb at the track which is by far i think quicker than any other runner it really goes there so he's definitely a big player race 10 i like the red whitley bale i just think the inside draw again will bring this runner out internal affairs in two is a slow beginner um i think Springport's a bit of a top four chance but there is pace out wide stout manelli david gill's got a way of getting anything to become a a rocket beginner and and um, he just flew out last time at Sandown. If he does that, he probably puts them to bed um, in the first 20 metres. But I am going to stick with Whitley Bale um, in what is a pretty interesting race, race number 10. Yeah, there's a reason why uh, David Gill was quite prominent in your top three lists. Jim, he's an absolute superstar, and what he's done with Stoutman Ali getting this dog to jump the way it has its last couple of starts has been phenomenal. But in saying that, I'm going to look for a little bit more value. I think I'll be playing Whitley Bale, the one, and the six Crystal Bale as well. I'm not giving up on her. I think she'll cause a little bit of mayhem for Stoutman Ali early with the way that she jumps, and if she can find the front unimpeded, then uh, she's a big price as well. But Whitley Bale on top, and I'll probably just have a little speck on Crystal Bale. Mm, best bet of the night comes up in race 11. I'm going to Joliet Bale, and it's purely speed map based. I think um, the check will cross the red, will find the lead, and then the big guns, Gangster Paradise, drawn six, who I thought won that race at Mount Gambier, the heat of the cup. But um, as it turned out, the photo went the other way and uh, went to Aston Zeeble. I think it might have been for memory, but if you go back and watch that, you would probably put... Uh, the wallet on uh, the fact that um, Gangster Paradise had won that photo finish, but it wasn't to be. Therefore, it's not in the Mount Gambier Cup. It's racing at the Meadows this week. And I think the six holds the key because I'm dead set certain now that Gangster Paradise wants the outside and therefore will make it hard for Ali Starr and also Kippy Bale. But I think Joliet Bale is going to just get such a, a soft, soft run in transit. It's like a thoroughbred race where they're running slow sections and the leader's just being cuddled into the home straight at Flemington. I think it'll boot, it'll get home and it'll win. 
Uh, Gangster Paradise on top for me, and I agree with you. I, I thought uh, I thought he got the job done at Mount Gambier, but not to be. And uh, hopefully, we see him strut his stuff at the Meadows and uh, get the job done for me. I'm not confident in the last, but I'm confident that I found the leader of the race, and that is Quested Bale. I'm with number four in the last, but yeah, the last hundred, I'll be really, really concerned. Yeah, yeah, I'm with Quested Bale as well. I'm hoping for a bit of extra strength just coming out of nowhere, to be honest. But uh, Quested Bale's the clear leader for me. So if we can hold uh, hold everything off, then we'll uh, we'll be winning. And I'm happy to be with Quested Bale. Biggest problem I found in that last race, you've got Demon Flyer, Westside Warrior, Jigglypuff, even Latrell keeping. They're all strong, and there's a big chance that one of them are going to lob close. And that's that's the concern, isn't it, Corey? Yeah, it is. But um, I, I, I have have to stick to my guns the way I do form is uh, looking for the leader a lot of the time. And, and when you find a clear leader at that sort of price range, I think it's uh, it's more often than not, it's a, it's a decent bet, and particularly in, at an each way price. You've got $5 and a dollar seventy at the moment. You can play that one by three, one by four, something like that. And that's probably the way that I'll be playing it. Mm, you probably rely on a little bit of a tangle up behind as well, don't you? We've quested bell leads and then three or four of them are fighting and jostling for second position. Then maybe just maybe, the margin uh, extends to a winnable, uh, winnable margin, I guess. That's it. Exactly right. Hunters Punting Club. The beautiful sound of the Punters Punting Club. Uh, if you think gambling's becoming a problem, uh, gamblers help. You can visit them online or call 1-800-858-858. But for now, Smithy, uh, Punters Punting Club, I'm just going to keep it really simple and go 25 each way on Joliet Bale. I'm hoping you're not going to say, oh, look, I'm going to back something if it's over $3 but not over $4. And if it's <laughs> if it's $2.80 in the morning and then it drifts to $3.30, I'll have 22 cents on it. What are you doing, Corey? Make it simple for me. Well, I, I did my pineapple last week because I was playing funny buggers with you. you but were, I'm not, yes. uh, what am I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have 25 to win on race one, number three. Never be never be alone. Are I you think sure? Lead. I am very sure. I'm and so keen on Prior Bale. I, I'm happy to go. We can have a little <laughs> side bet if you'd like, Jim. But uh, the other $25 will go in the last. So I'm in the first and the last. $25, race 12, number four, Quested Bale, hoping to lead all of the way with both of my selections. Obviously, I'll be uh, tiptoeing late in both of the races, but uh, that's the way I'm playing my punters punting club this I, week. I do like the way you've stuck to the way that you do your form because you've said that you like to find leaders, um, and I reckon you've picked out the uh, the two most likely leaders of the meeting. So, and they're both going to be a, a, a realistically an each way price. Yeah, exactly right, Jim. Uh, yeah, look, I'm, I'm I am going to be a little bit nervous late in my races, but when you can find the leaders, anything can happen behind them. It's dog racing, of course. So, uh, yeah, look, I, I'm just trying to find leaders this week, and hopefully, I can get the chockies. As I let you go, mate. Uh, Friday night drinks tonight. Yeah, it might have a couple of frothies with the uh, the work crew. We we don't really get a Christmas party because we've got the Phoenix and then the Australian Cup and all that sort of stuff going on over that period. So we hold it off till March. And uh, yeah, a couple of <laughs> couple of frothies tonight, a couple of cordials. Probably just uh, drink responsibly, share a six pack with with the team in here, but uh, should be a good night. No, you are right. You don't get a Christmas party there. You get 12 by the sounds of it because every month <laughs> you're going out for uh, for work drinks. Good on you, Smithy. Have a good week, mate. I'll chat to you soon. Cheers, Jim. Inside Info. We've now got a very special guest on Inside Info, a man who has got his whole in, uh, whole family involved in the sport, the great sport of greyhound racing. I speak of Graham Glass, and he's been good enough to jump on the podcast to discuss his runner tomorrow night and his involvement in the sport. Gray, how are you, mate? 
Yeah, very well. Thanks, James. Very uh, well. Hey, talk us through a little bit about your journey, I guess, in, in greyhound racing, because you started riding horses, I believe, many, many moons ago, and now you're training greyhounds. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, back in the 70s, uh, me and my father had a couple of greyhounds. Um, we won the 1973, I think it was, Victoria Cup um, down at Cranbourne in them days. Um, yeah, and then I got out and I started being an amateur rider. I've done that for about 20 years. And it was just by fluke that a um, very good friend of mine gave me a couple of greyhounds to train, and I think they won their first two weeks, and I thought, how easy is this? And <laughs> and away we go. Now I've gone from two to 20. So, well, mate, you've so clearly got a, got a love for, for racing. Now talk us through the days of the, the amateur riding. What, what was that like, rocking up at the picnics and riding the, the GGs? Yeah, no, it was it was... It was really good. I, um, I've been on horses all my life, um, and it was only that a good mate, Lockie Lawson, who got tragically killed in a race fall at Seymour, made me get my amateur licence and go around with him. But, um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Worst part was wasting, losing the weight, but you know what it's like. Because you're, so, you're not a small man either, so it would have been obviously challenging to get down to race weight. Yeah, well, in that, you know, in them days, um, the weight was 61 kilos. But, yeah, from Wednesday night to Saturday was a strict, strict no-eat diet, you know. So probably enjoyed it. But mm. now um, now retired and the alcohol's <laughs> put the weight on. <laughs> I was going to say, is it the food or the drink or obviously... No, I think- I think it's mainly the alcohol, mate. <laughs> a couple of beers, mate, doesn't go astray. And uh, no, drink responsibly, right. gamble responsibly, I think they say. That's but obviously exactly obviously a lot easier training greyhounds in that aspect. Um, yeah, a lot easier. But, uh, geez, I, for all them greyhound trainers out there, mate, I'd love to be paid by the hour, you know. But, yeah. You know, it's a lot of work. But, you know, we thoroughly and Thoroughly enjoy it, and a bit of success always makes things easier, doesn't it? It does, and you've got the whole family involved, uh, Ricky and Robbie, and uh, plenty of R's up there at Kyabram training greyhounds, so it's good to see the uh, the kids involved. Yes, mate, yeah, no, I couldn't do it without them. Um, you know, I've even got my, uh, Robbie started off, and now he's a he's a full-time school teacher, but uh, Ricky's here living at home, and yeah, he's my number one man, he does a lot when I go off racing and um, when Ricky's working and I'm racing, my daughter will often come and pick the young ones up from the races, you know, and take them home instead of sitting them in the kennels all night. So, you know, it's all good, mate. All good. They all chip in and, you know, they love it. And you've got a, you've got a really nice uh, team of greyhounds at the moment. Ali Star's one you've got racing um, going around at the Meadows uh, Saturday night. What do you make of the chances of, of Ali Star this week? Um, yeah, look, he's he's a funny he's a funny dog because he gets on them big horseshoe tracks and he seems to rail the ears off the first turn and then when he comes to the home turn he he jumps to the outside and goes down the outside fence. He's thrown himself away a few races and placings by doing it, but we just can't seem to get him. And I've been trialling him at the meadows and um, I don't know whether it's the camber of the track. He's sort of like he, he stays he stays one off the fence and I took him down there. He's not very strong, um, but when he won last Wednesday, he scooted away down the back and, you know, yeah, his run home was average, but he's still got the money. So. Mm. The biggest concern, I think, I'm not sure if you've seen much of the form, is Gangster Paradise. The six does like to step wide, but I'm guessing your boy, you're hoping, has got the speed to whip across and get past him early. Yes, my bloke, um, he's, he's not... 
he's a tardy beginner. Like, he doesn't miss it. He'll jump with him. But I'll give the dog credit. He has got tremendous acceleration when he hits the ground. He really musters good. He will he will look for the fence early. But, yeah, so if he doesn't, he stays very wide. So. And I think the pink, I think the pink is just a dead set um, pinky, so I don't think I'll get any pressure off it. And the other one you've got, Gucci Girl. I know you've you've got a, an opinion of, of her because she, she has enormous ability, doesn't always show it. What do you make of, of her at the moment going in? She's a reserve at this point in time, so whether or not she gets a run, we'll have to wait and see. I think um, with little Gucci girl, she, her trouble is she's very, um, she is timid. She is timid in a field. Um, she is a little rocket. What the times that she runs by herself, she is outstanding. Um, but, yeah, she's sort of like race four would be nice to draw near the fence. I think race 11 might be a bit beyond her if she doesn't get the brakes. But, um, yeah, we just keep our fingers crossed. I think she's just coming back from a season I hope to see the best of her this time. So. And just going through uh, the rest of the kennel, you've got a, a nice little litter uh, by Jakari. A few of those, a langer, get a beer, have a chat going around. Must be nice to uh, to be putting the polish on as a family on a few of those because they have absolutely breathtaking early speed. Yeah, that's that's the key to them, James. Um, they just absolute lid pingers. Um, get a beer is probably one of the best beginners, you know, going around, but not very strong but he is getting better. Have a chat. Well, he's, he's, he had an um, interrupted preparation, so he's starting to find, and Alanga's out injured at the moment. So Things are still looking good because the strike rate is enormous, so keep those winners coming. You mentioned earlier winning the Victoria Cup back in the 70s. Um, what, what would you describe the Victoria Cup as now if it was to be a race on the calendar at the moment? Um. Yeah, I think it's a very good race, you know, like it used to be down at Cranbourne, a very hard 699 stayers event. Um, it was just a sort of like old handicap race, not a handicap, but just like a free for in them. And, you know, I know the prize money is a lot different now. So. Yeah. What would you prefer train? Obviously, uh, you've got a nice kennel of sprinters at the moment, but, but having that, I guess, history of winning a feature race over the staying distance, does that, does that give you, I, I guess, I, the, the drive to want to train some more stayers down the track? I don't really care, James. You know, as long as you know, as long as they get out, please. You know, I'm quite happy to win a mail. You know, yeah, everyone yeah. dreams of winning a group race. Yes, 100. percent But uh, you know, I just like my dogs to have a go and and get back safely. Well, it's a beautiful way to look at it, Classy. Good luck, mate, with everything moving forward. And, and firstly, uh, for the family uh, tomorrow night at the Meadows, we wish you well with without Ali Star and, and potentially, potentially Gucci Girl if she gets a run as well. No worries, mate. Thanks very much, James. And that's all for this episode. Uh, Don't go anywhere. Big week next week as we take a look at the Ballarat Cup as well. And don't forget the Golden Easter Egg semi-finals uh, at Wentworth Park over the weekend. A few Victorians, David Plumridge, we had on the pod not too long ago to chat about his star peacock. He could take the uh, the next step going around in a semi-final of the Easter Egg over the weekend. So great racing everywhere you look. Good luck, safe travelling. And as always, happy punting.